You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. I like to... I'd like to say something. This is Dirt and Spray. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin for a mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. God, there was one week when you wore sweatpants every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Well, I roll Hey, let's do this. Final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, and YouTube. If you want to see my co-host wearing a Jonathan Smith clown mask. He has kept up the bit the entire show. I'm impressed. I don't know how you've done it. Thank you. I feel like you're going to get some weird acne on your forehead out of this thing. But uh, it is I had a, that in high school. It's, it's over. It's a good-looking mask, and the listeners are quite enjoying uh, clown mask commercial break nanny cam of you just sitting over there bobbing your head around wearing a clown mask. we got a lot to get to in the final hour. I want to continue on this game a little bit, quickly reading two texts and then get to a, a stretch in the game that... I need explained to me. Yes, because I have something else I want to add about the coaching okay. road situation that stuck out to me. So here we go. A couple of Beaver fans chiming in. There's a lot of these coming in, so I'm sorry I'm not going to read all of them. Yeah. Uh, one of our P1s said, I said it Saturday night. If the time that stupid fake field goal was attempted, Jonathan Smith has to realize it's no longer 2018 with his teams. Uh, I get taking chances, but there's a line where taking a chance and just doing something desperate and stupid are completely different things. And Mm -hmm. that fake field goal was desperate. It was stupid. And I just want him to realize at a certain point that this team is better. So just go win with your team. Don't make these dumb, ridiculous, low percentage chances on something that was never going to work in the first place. Another Beaver fan adding a little bit perspective and I think perspective is always important in moments like this. Me too. He said it's a good thing Beaver fans are pissed. Success has bred an attitude of apathy to expectation to win. This is healthy. I'm pissed about Saturday night as an alum but after 24 hours and a profitable NFL Sunday, congratulations. I had some clarity. If you told me this is where we would be as a program four years ago, I would have signed up immediately in it and you're for Smith and the Beavs have taken uh, have to take one last step uh, to cement it itself as a constant top 25 yeah. program uh, when the coin flip games on the road, yada, yada, yada. Basically the perspective of this, it's good that we're here. Yes. You might go eight and four this year. That's a reality. Washington game is going to be tough. I like my team's chances to win at odds and you guys haven't won there in a long time. A disappointment at eight and four is a very good look in the mirror and understand that's how far you have. Well, come. I, I think well, one, I, while also being frustrating because you felt yeah. like there could be more. I do agree a hundred percent. Perspective is good. As I come in here dressed like a clown, uh, it, but it's it's good it's it's good to have that perspective. It does take a day or two to kind of understand it, and I I actually agree a hundred percent with it. 
The fact that they're a top 25 program in itself is amazing. The moments, I'll just use the local, the other local school here. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you see is the differences when Dan Lanning makes a bad decision. And let's take away fourth downs. But there are moments in games where coaches don't make perfect choices. Mm-hmm. They can be covered up for, with the talent. Yeah. Right? So, like, sometimes certain plays won't stick out as much to us as when a team like Oregon State, who has lesser talent, does make those mistakes. I'm not mad about going for it on fourth down. If you're at fourth and sixth, if you're at the six-yard line on fourth down at the end of the first half and you really believe you can score a touchdown... We have a play here that works. Yeah, Beaver fans, not all going to be happy about it, but I can understand the logic. Hell, if you just fake the first field goal instead of the delay of game, which they tried to do, yes. you just needed two yards. That's different if you're just running for right. two yards to pick up a first down to continue the drive and not asking your kicker as time expires yes. to run 25 yards without getting tackled. We know momentum is real, and what did you do at Arizona at the end of the first half? You you ran a fake, and Arizona goes in going, we stopped him with the points. Yep. We're feeling good about ourselves now. Here we go into halftime. It's a tie game 10-10. to The area, if we're just talking, though, about X's and O's or coaching or whatnot, there's been something I've noticed on the road with them, and this is why I say, like, wait and see or prove it at Colorado. Mm -hmm. I remember a moment in the Cal game, and I've been holding this for a couple weeks now, but it showed itself again at the end of that first half uh, where they got the ball, there's 25 seconds left, you have two timeouts, you just got a big first down. Everybody and their mom knows Call timeout. Yeah. You kill the clock at 25. There's no rushing to the line. There's no loss of time. You say, like, DJ's back there, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits. Yeah, that wasn't great, but, like, he's supposed to run a play. Sure. They're probably taking an end zone shot there, so he's kind of, like, waiting for guys to get open, which is a whole other conversation, too, because I think DJ clearly is limited in some ways, but I'm also not going to act like they got a Trey Franklin or a Roma Dunze out there. Or a tutorial McMillan. Or McMillan. Yeah. I think the receivers are good. I think they're a bunch of twos and threes. I don't think they have a one. Um, that being said, you take a timeout there. Everybody knows this. We, we This is established. And what did they do? They let the clock tick down. Now there's eight seconds. You get one shot, and that's it. They did this at Cal. Cal punted the ball back to Oregon State at the end of the first half, or they uh, at, at the end of the first half, but it was with 15 seconds left. And you might say, what are you talking about? It's 15 seconds. Oregon State had two timeouts. They let the clock bleed at the end of the first half of the cow game. Clock management for this coaching staff has not been good on the road. And now that's twice with two pivotal road games. One you did win, but you were kind of lucky because you gave up 40 points. And this one you lose. Clock management, it's also a problem on the road. At home, it doesn't seem to be. And I, I don't know what that is, Dirt. I don't know what it is. I don't know how at home he might be able to get this team to beat Washington. But on the road, not a chance in hell you would trust him to do it. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if the road environment makes him feel like he's got to be a little more aggressive and a little, a little more desperate, a little ballsier. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I've noted it this season. Clock management on the road, not good. Clock management at home and execution, Stellar. They kicked a lot of field goals at home a week ago against UCLA or two weeks ago, whenever that game was. They settled for a lot of field goals. They didn't fake any of them. Nope. And they were at home, and they got a pick six at the end of the first half, and the game was over. Defense ended up winning them that game. I I will tell you the area that I thought, you know, there there was a couple of reasons why I thought Arizona had a good chance. One, it's just I have nightmares, personal nightmares of my team playing in Tucson and 730 kicks that will scar me for the rest of my life. And I tried to share 
my pain and suffering with Oregon State fan on Friday, and I was met with a brick wall. I told you this is a dangerous place. You don't want to go near Tucson. I'm really glad that my team doesn't have to go down there. That was the main reason, but some of the other reasons I thought Arizona had a legit shot to win this game was I didn't feel like there was a big advantage at quarterback, and I felt like there was a massive advantage at a position that you just highlighted, and that is a playmaker on the outside. Arizona has a bona fide NFL wide receiver in McMillan. Like, that dude is going to be one of the next big things. If he played in a conference where there wasn't a Roma Dunze, where there wasn't a Troy Franklin, he would be getting far more headlines. He's six foot four, 200 plus pounds, and I don't care who's healthy or not healthy at corner, you're not going to be able to defend the guy. Oregon State did a good job a couple of times of bracketing him in coverage, and Fafita still tried to fit it in there, but he had playmakers on the outside. Cowing is another playmaker who his punt returns at the end of that game were massive to give Arizona good field position on their last two touchdown drives, one of which they only had to go like 40 yards to score to take the lead. So playmakers on the outside were a big of it, but the other part of it that I just wasn't there yet with was Oregon State offensively, both at the quarterback position and from a play-calling standpoint. In my like Oregon State calls this horrendous fake field goal at the end of the first half. Didn't make any sense. There's no excuse for it. Horrible decision. We all can acknowledge that. That being said, you held Arizona to a field goal to open the second half. Yep. You then settled in defensively. Mm-hmm. You went on a nine-play, 80-yard touchdown drive. You had a 17-13 to 13 lead in the with 10 quarter. minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yep. You would just force Arizona to punt. Now, yep. you did, they, you did, they did uh, pin you inside the five-yard line, so it's a tough drive that to do. That was a hell of a kick, by the way. By Fafita, Jeez. man. Multi-talented, right? 17-13 game with 10 minutes to go. You picked up a first down on your first two plays. I think Martinez ran for six, and then you threw for six, something like that. You got a first down out to the 13 or 14-yard line. You then on first down went one-yard run. Yep. Incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Punt. They return it to the 40, short field. Touchdown. You're now trailing. It is now a 20-17 to game. On that next drive. You called a pass play on first down. DJ scrambles for no gain, second and 10. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass. You punt the ball immediately back to them. They basically milk the clock, score to go up 10, and the game is over. The two most important drives of the game, you not only play-calling-wise got away from your bread and butter and what terrifies everybody about playing Oregon State, and that is running the football, but also your quarterback in that moment went one of five. Mm-hmm. One of five. And you were stopping the clock and throwing incompletions, and there just was no semblance of hope offensively in the biggest stretch of the game. When they forced that punt, and there was that weird the Fafita kick where you're like, are they going to go for this? Because I think it was like fourth and ten or something. Like, are they really going to go for this? He kicks it down. Oregon State got the ball. I thought this game is over. This is Damian Martinez time. This game is done. I'm an idiot for thinking Arizona was going to win this game. What a, what a moron. And then there we were with some really bad play calls. And the quarterback who, albeit I think an upgrade unquestionably over what you had last year, a guy that in certain moments just just has struggled. And I thought that was one of them for So him. I don't mean to come in here and act like DJ played a great game. I'm not going to do that. Like there were some misthrows. There were a couple things. There were a couple times he should have been picked. I mean, he had like, he had two in the, the first safe- half that should have been picked. That safety, if he ever wonders, coach, why don't I play offense? Because <laughs> of what you did against Oregon State. You should have had two interceptions. Arizona minimum. dropped three picks in the first half. One of them was on Childs, too. <clears throat> Th- that being said, oh, Childs, oh, that throw. Oh, See, but the play before, he should have thrown a no, pick I know, six. I know. <laughs> the thing about DJ that I'll defend is this is not the kind of offense where they go throw, 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 punt. They don't have the receivers for it. It's not pass protection-wise. We talked about this last week. They have the second most pressures given up of any other team in the conference. It's a great offensive line that can run block, mm-hmm. but for some reason in pass pro, they have really struggled. So I think it's a combination here. 
I don't think they've got elite wide receivers. Nope. Uh, I think sometimes you go through these periods of a game where DJ kind of lacks confidence and he feels pressure. I think he gets happy feet because he's sacked or pressured. And then you're back there and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get pressured. And you're missing parts of the field. So like DJ hasn't been atrocious, but you're not set up as an offense to win the game through the air. You're set up through the offense to run the clock, run the ball, and set up third and manageable. That was the other problem for them. In the second half, outside of that touchdown and the quick one they had at the very end, mm-hmm. they, they got stuck in second and longs and third and longs. And when you get in that, you feel pressured to, to pass. And I thought that was a big mistake of their play calling. I've defended Brian Lindgren a ton. I thought he had one of his worst games as the play caller in the second half of that game. You didn't give me enough Damian Martinez. That kid should be getting 20 carries a game minimum. He ran for 6.2 yards per carry. And so why, yes, DJ to me is an upgrade at quarterback for Oregon State. I don't think the situation, nor do I think the offense at Oregon State is designed or set up for him to be Caleb Williams, for him to be Michael Penix, for him to even be Bo Nix. I just don't think they've got those things. And that's what frustrates me is we all can see where their bread and butter is. And then as you highlight there, they have a possession where it's pass, pass, pass. That's six plays. Five of them are pass plays. And like, yeah, DJ's not perfect, but it's just not the right offense to be dialing up that kind of play calling. One other issue I had in the second half of that game, I remember Swag, I think it was after the UCLA game, said his biggest observation was Oregon State has found an elite tight end, and Velling was massive in the first half of that Arizona game. How many catches did he have in the second? I felt like I didn't hear his name once in the second half of that game. Uh, I'd have to he go was back and look. killing Arizona in the first half. I think he's got the most touchdowns. I think he does. I think of... he was like close to a program record for touchdowns. Yeah. He had a touchdown catch. He had five for 71. He was your leading receiver. I want to say at least four of those came in the first half. I know his touchdown did. He just didn't see a, a, a ton from him in the second half. We'll wrap up the conversation. Your thoughts are still welcome. Uh, final thoughts. Oregon State, where do they go from here the rest of the way? Six and two now on the season. Uh, next on The Fam. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, some final thoughts on this. I want to move on to a couple things in the final half hour of the show. Can Can I give you my first team all 5A quarterback read on DJ? <laughs> he, sure. There's times I don't know if you guys feel this way. By the way, we found out Velling. What did he have? Four targets and two catches in four the second half. Four targets in the second half, two completions, okay, and two incompletions. 
there there's times where I feel like you watch DJ and you could almost see him think in the pocket. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it like just the motors running a mile per hour slower than it should. Uh-huh. And there's a lot like a lot of quarterbacks will play. I think Brock Purdy's great at this. I know his uh he's got a lot of doubters right now because they've lost three games in a row. But it's playing on rhythm. It's playing on schedule. It's anticipation anticipatory. Is that the word? Anticipatory throws. Like understanding, okay, this is my matchup. He hasn't broke yet, but I'm gonna hit him and he's gonna turn around and the ball's gonna be there. Whereas there's there's just times where I feel like I watch DJ in the pocket. And when he's on schedule, God, is he fun to watch. I thought early in that game, it was like a one-two ball out, one-two ball out, and he was finding his guys. And I don't know if that's just pre-snap reads that ended up hitting, and later in the game, his pre-snap reads are not hitting. But then there's moments in games where it's just like he's standing in the pocket, just bouncing around, and I'm like, are you processing the information that's in front of you right now? Mm-hmm. And after like three or four you know, bounces in the pocket – Bro, just go. Like, you're a good athlete. Like, if, okay, one read, two read, not there, screw it. Take off and go pick up six yards. I thought they used him at times in his legs decently well as an offense. And then there's times where it's just like, like the pressure rate sometimes isn't great for Oregon State's offensive line. I also feel like there's a Russell Wilson problem there from time to time where, like, he creates some of the pressure by just standing in the pocket and not moving like a tree. I think, you know, the first half he had a play where it was a, it was an RPO and he pulled it and he ended up running for yes. like 12 yards. Yes. And, and I'm glad you brought this up because I, you know, I had been thinking about this all year and I thought it showed itself again, but I'm I'm dressed as a clown today, so there's a little uh you forget some of the things you wanted to make uh the points. But I, I think running the football with him, I'm just surprised they're not doing it more. Maybe that's part of this old uh wink and nod thing, but I just he is six five. How many Jack Coletto moments have we had with DJ? Four? Not Three? Ma- I mean, I, I don't many. know how many we've had, but not many. Not many. He ran the ball at Clemson. That's the thing that's crazy is he ran the ball. Like, he wasn't running like Lamar Jackson, but he has some speed, and he's got a big, bruising body. Like, they don't utilize it whatsoever. Again, I'm saying this with no sourcing, but college football lends itself now in this college football era for me to think there's a little wink and nod with certain guys at certain places. And I'm just wondering how much DJ Cumming pro-style offense his stock couldn't have been lower last year. Let me show up there. There's a lot of talent, a good coaching staff. Let me show that I can pass. I'm not again, I'm not saying that was a thing they talked about or that's some deal they have, but sometimes I can't help but go there because it just doesn't make sense that you're not running it more often. I did want to ask you guys cuz somebody was asking me. Mm-hmm. They scored a field goal and they hit a long pass. Does the child's possessions kind of kill their momentum in any way to you guys? I was actually thinking that in the moment because I know Beaver fans were ecstatic with the bomb that he threw, which was a great pass. I mean, it was a, it was a good pass. I was sure. great would have let him into the end zone, but that was a sure. good pass. I mean, literally the play before he should have thrown a pick six. Yes, he threw a ball across his body late, and Guy the corner broke on it, and he yeah. just it hit him in the hands, and he had bricks. Yeah, and if he catches that, and I because I was thinking to myself that drive was a little clunky. It was like a second and eighteen, I want to say, when he threw that pass, and you're like, dude, what, what, we're in a tight game here. This is a massive moment for I you, know. and you're going like, I, yeah, I'm not a huge. I understand what you're trying to do. I would rather see the the child stuff as like a package here or there for like a play. Like throw him in there for a play, change a pace, do something fun, get him out of there instead of giving him the third series, especially in a pivotal row. They ended up scoring on the drive, so it didn't hurt him. That wasn't the reason they lost. Right. But if he would have thrown a pick six and that dude catches that ball, what are we all saying about the quarterback strategy? 
Well, I, I think people have brought it up, though, because it happened in the Utah game. Um, and by the way, that bomb he made was third and 16. Like, I, I was sitting there going, they're not going to let him throw it. Yeah, right? I thought call a draw or a screen. He, or, yeah, because yeah, he had just almost thrown the pick. The second down. And it's yeah. like, okay, young player, hostile environment, like a lot on the line here. And he, he unleashed it and he completed it. But I don't know. I, I think it's fair. I get what the, why they're doing it and, and, you know, when they do it. But, like, I also kind of understand the other side of, are you hurting the offense because you're taking rhythm out? Like, DJ may have felt really good at that point. Nope, come sit out for a, a series. Again, I understand from their perspective, but I just wondered if you guys had those same takeaways. I, I don't mind them doing it for a, a series in the first half, but I I would like to see the coaches maybe react to what's going on in the game. It's like, no, DJ's on a roll. Let's roll with him. But then if he has something... But it's also concerning, too, is like, okay, if you bring him right in after he like makes a pick or throws a pick or something... Does it go the other way? But maybe after a sure. three and out or something stalls. They, or they whatever. punted the possession prior to him coming into the second quarter. Yeah, they went touchdown, yeah. opening drive touchdown, and then punt. like six plays and punt which, on your second drive. You know, that's the other thing is I wonder how he's coming to choose which times to give Childs these possessions. It's always the third drive yeah, of the, the game. The third series. Oh, is, is it when, been yeah, consistently it's the third? Scripted, okay. the third series. And well, I knew it was scripted. I just couldn't remember like yeah. what possession number yeah, it was. Yeah, third series is where they've been, and and so, that's a weird time to do it to me. It is. I, especially because you mentioned DJ looked great. He was great yeah. on that opening. Drive. Well, you had a touchdown and then you punt. It's like okay, so you're like you have two possessions, you get one score. They moved it pretty well in the second drive. I want to say they were derailed by taking a sack on like second and seven. They had he, six plays. Yeah, yeah he took a sack yards. and it not. They were moving yeah. the ball though on that drive. Uh, yeah, when they punt. I mean, when they punted, they they were at the Arizona forty yeah, when they yeah. punted that. Yeah. I mean, just a little flexibility. I don't. But I don't know. It's it's the same thing as. You know, it's the fake field goal. You work on something, you prepare. You know, people say, well, you're running these plays. Why do you continue to, you know, run and you're getting stuffed? I said, well, that's where the blocking is. They're just stuffing it right? sort of thing. Um, you can't just make stuff up out there on the fly. Hmm. So, but I, I wish there was a little bit maybe more flexibility into the game plan to based on what may be going on at any given time in the game. What we'll get to at the end of the week or throughout the week, but like, don't let this game beat you another time. Yeah. You know, you, as ridiculous as it sounds to people today, and I'm saying this and I know what I look like when I say this, <laughs> but like, you beat Colorado, then you get Stanford, then You're you get Washington. Two. Like eight you two with two games to You go. can go into Washington with an opportunity to pull an upset at home where you're clearly a better team mm-hmm. and Go into Eugene, even if nobody, including myself, thinks you're going to win the actual game. You have an opportunity to not allow this to unravel. And Washington, their Super Bowl was Oregon. I think we've seen that last two weeks. They'll probably be okay. Maybe they'll lose at USC or they'll lose in Corvallis. But they, they've gotten through it, and that's kind of all you want is just to win. Oregon State, same thing. Don't let this game defeat you this week. Against a Colorado team that, yeah, we're not talking a whole lot about them. They played a pretty good game at UCLA, all things considered. That's not a team that we thought would win no. uh, or even hang. And they hung with them for most of that game. They're going to come home. They're fired up. The jewelry was stolen out of L.A. You're not a good road team. Go out the road and get a win. Just take care of business getting ready for Stanford at home, and then U-Dub comes to your place. We'll see how it all goes from here. Uh, he's wearing a clown mask, and he's done it the entire show. Props to you. 
I haven't even done my clown laugh yet. No, you haven't. Please don't do that. That's okay. It. That's, I, well, yeah. It's uh, you know I not clown. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody texted me, how are you taking your co-host seriously today? And I was like, I, I don't I'm I don't know. It's been a little weird. Took me a while to get comfortable with it. Wait for tomorrow's. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's uh, actually Halloween. Should you wear, as listeners are suggesting on the YouTube feed, yeah. a Chauncey Billups costume tomorrow? Is it time to panic? Next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, right now, if you text RV to 503-864-6326, you'll be entered for a chance to win a four-pack of tickets to the 60, 65th annual Portland Metro RV Dealer Show. Oh, I remember the first one. On November 9th through the 12th. You can go to 1080thefan.com for complete details. Again, text RV, RV to 503-864-6326. Who doesn't love a good RV show? I always kick around the idea of buying one of those smaller RVs for me and my 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 wife and my two daughters well, to be an when, RV uh, fam. When Papa Swag was uh was uh gallivanting around the country. Pre heart attack, right? He uh, was, yes. Yeah. We uh we went there initially and uh, ended up uh finding it. So I mean yeah if you got you know discretionary income and sure. uh, need a need a big uh toy hauler whatever you do it's a lot of fun well i i have a question for dirt but i do want to ask like since we're giving those tickets away like swag how has it grown since the first time in 65 years ago to that you think this year because you were at the first one uh well they were horse and buggies when i first went nice um and so yes uh we went there from from steam and yes. uh all those things <laughs> you and remember now the good old steam days yeah, yeah. so uh everything now uh <laughs> stopping to fill up didn't include gas it was feeding the horse hay exactly you know? you a, a little carrot. grain every now and then uh, yeah. always it, the occasional carrot uh yeah. was was uh, certainly helpful if you needed a few more uh rpms I would lend myself to camp more because my kids like camping, but I hate camping. Yeah, I, I hate fundamentally camping. disagree with camping. Yeah. Like, oh, let's get dirty and not shower for three days. So you get jock itch and now you're filthy. <laughs> but if you gave me something to sleep in that's not a tent on the ground, I could put up with it. I feel like I could do it. You if know? I give you an RV, you're going to be a camping guy. You give me... Totally, I, yeah, it's a game changer. I don't need like a big RV. I just need one where the girls are at one end and mom and dad can get it on on the other end <laughs> quietly and I can shower. Like You give me those options and yeah. I'm, I'm in on camping. I like being outdoors. I love the coast. I love the woods. Just want some hot water. Yeah, and I, I actually... I don't really... You know, you can't really do campfires anymore because everything catches on fire. So it's kind of depressing to go to a campground. So let me go inside and watch Netflix on my <laughs> on my iPad. I'm gonna read some lines at you and let's gauge our level of panic. Okay. Are you ready? Go ahead. Five of eleven. Oof. O of three from three, Oof. eleven points. Oh my god. Three of twelve. One of five from three, mm. seven points. Gee. Two of seven. O of four from three. Ugh. Four points. That is a collective 33% field goal percentage and an 8% three-point percentage. Stellar. Eight. I didn't know it was possible to be that low. 8%. Oh. 
uh, averaging seven points per game. The Portland Trailblazers are 0-3, and those are the stat lines of young Scoot Henderson. And mm. there is a, I'm sensing my fingers on the pulse of this fan base. Yeah. There is a collective panic that is taking place three games into the season that uh, it's it's out there, and it's a thing to behold. If I knew where the screaming drop was, I'd play it, because it does <laughs> feel like that was Blazer fan after yesterday. <laughs> There we go. 126-98. Um, that was a game which, by the way, keep fading the Blazers. Now 3-0 yeah. and oh, and not oh, covering yeah. the number. Was that a six-point game at halftime? Six-point six game point, at halftime, yeah. and they yeah. lost by 30. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I, I make 20, these, whatever. I make prop bets, I, and everybody's like, why don't you just fade the, the over <laughs> in the law? Like, I do that, of course. Yeah. I'm just doing other bets with it. So I had my we had uh, football Sunday over at Swag's first batch of chili of the season, oh, all that fun stuff. I love a good first batch of oh, chili. Oh, the first batch of chili. Corn You're always with it? Huh? Cornbread? Uh, sourdough bread. Okay. I love it. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Different, different, but like it that. works. I'm in. Change I love sourdough. All right. Um, anyway, legitimate question. You know, the Blazer discussion came up at some point and whatever. And and then it's like, one of my friends asked, so when are they going to win their first game? <laughs> and I didn't have a good answer. And I looked at the schedule. They host the Washington Wizards Thursday, December 21st. No way. There's no chance it takes that long. They might win tonight. Uh, Toronto's a weird team. At you, Detroit on just Wednesday. Just trying to live up to the mask. But I'm looking at this thing. <laughs> they might win tonight. In Toronto? They're going to win in Toronto? Is Toronto that bad? There's no chance Toronto's that Toronto's bad. Toronto's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. No chance. Toronto's not very good. They're okay. at yeah. Detroit on Wednesday. I am. Ha- I'm just, I will hammer Toronto tonight. Minus After that, I'm like, uh, <laughs> they're not going to be favored until that Washington game. Yeah, but Washington just won the other day. Who did they, I forget who they beat, but I watched a little bit of that game. They ended up beating somebody. <laughs> Tell me where they're going to win. I mean, uh, oh and eighteen. By the way, we looked this up. The rec- NBA record for losses to start a season is eighteen. Two different teams have done it: the Sixers and the Nets. Yeah, that was the trust the process. Sixers. Trust the process. Uh, Sixers that and won then, nine games that year, right? Nine games, yeah. I believe, that season. And then the two thousand nine, two thousand ten Nets also lost their first eighteen straight. I, I really. But there, I'm, I'm just, look, we can joke about this. There is a legitimate panic out there that Scoot, uh, Scoot has been awful. Can anybody tell me what LaMelo Ball's first three games were statistically? <laughs> can anybody tell me that? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? No. Six points. I'm going to go. Three rebounds, three assists, 27% from the field. So, like, can we just calm our tits a little bit here? No, no, we cannot calm our I, tits. Three games in and an 82-game season with a 19-year-old rookie, and we're freaking out because he hasn't dropped 20 and 10 in a game yet? <laughs> I'm sorry. I have 0.0 concern at all about him. 0.0. 0. Y- you know what I'm more concerned about? Hmm. I'm more concerned that they won't win more than six games this year. <laughs> I'm more concerned that DeAndre Ayton absolutely has to have somebody else get him points because he's not capable. Yeah. I'm absolutely concerned that Malcolm Brogdon doesn't care about passing to his teammates. He's just out here trying to score. Which I don't really blame him. Which, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm also concerned that Jeremy Grant cares and then doesn't care. Like, Scoot is at the bottom for me. And I understand people are freaking out because of Chauncey and, like, he might ruin him. Guys, it's really rare for 19-year-old rookies to come in and have monster impacts. And when they do, if you look up the history of the league, they largely become stellar, like, all-time type of talents. And I don't know if Scoot will be that. But I'm not going to panic after three games and say, oh, my God, he's not doing it. LaMelo Ball had worse numbers in his first three games, and nobody's freaking out about that dude. So... 
I, I just I think it's a bigger question of what if they win like twelve games this year, which there is a very real possibility. I, yeah, especially if if Robert I, Williams, who I actually really like, is going to get traded to Memphis, who looks disastrous to start their season and clearly needs a big. Yeah, you trade him. You trade, trade Brogdon, Brogdon the at, Lakers. at the deadline, yeah, something like that. And then Jeremy eventually lands at a, a team, you know, looking to make a playoff push or something. Once that happens, my God, watch out. They're already losing games by 30. It might get yeah. really ugly. I don't I mean, know what the number would defense. be. How, just how many games do you defense. think they would win? What would you wager right now? What's the number I could get you to say under? Is it 17? Is it 20? I, I think 20 is right now. I would say 15 right now. Yeah. You really think there's a chance yes. this team wins less than 15 games? Yes. Wow. I mean, Ant's out for a month and a half. They can't yeah. maybe They can't score no. consistently without him. No. When he comes back, they still can't play defense. Yeah, but how about Tamani? Because <laughs> Tumont, I don't know why you're laughing. Was everything no, I say a joke I, today? Everything I say just a joke today? I I was waiting for this because their little, their little mini run in the second quarter when they took the lead in Philly. Dude, he's kind of nice. And I was like, oh no, here it comes. <laughs> so we want the legend nice. of Tamani Kamara yes! starts now. Yes! We won't overreact on the negative side, but we will overreact on the positive side through three games. That's the Blazer way. That, okay, just wanted to check. Just wanted to check. Can I ask, though, like legitimately, all of the points you make on Scooter valid. You're not wrong in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like, is there a moment, like, do we get to a game amount this year where this is what it looks like? And you're like, dude, like, just, so I'm not asking for 25 a night. Some uh, takeover. Tw- I think 25, I think trying to be games. a point guard and a good teammate and all of those, those yeah. things. At some point, it's like, if you can beat your guy, beat your guy and take like, over. Go to the, like, yeah, you can't get it, to the hoop and get to the foul line. and Get to 25, we'll reevaluate. I still am not going to go crazy over my skis at the end of the season if the numbers aren't amazing. But I think largely this was kind of our point. All three of us. We had a top 75 player. We had a guy that made all NBA and was an NBA all-star. And then we got the seventh pick and we got the third pick. And we said, nah, we're going to restart. And then they masked it as if they weren't. And then like made kind of Dame ask out because they were just willing to be uncomfortable this was kind of the point. You had a proven commodity at that position, and Scoop may very well be an NBA All-Star and a great player, Dirt. Mm-hmm. There's also a legit shot. He isn't. That just It's what the NBA draft gives you. a lot of top five picks that don't pan this out. This happens all the time. And so, like, I love Scoot. I'm not panicking about Scoot. But that, I think, proves today the point of the people who were like, can we trade these and try to build a good team? We've got a dude. We've got a dude. Well, now we're hoping we win more than 15 games this year, and our point guard averages, I don't even know what the numbers would be to satisfy people, 12 and 6? I don't know what the number expectations are. I think that would do it as a rookie. But like that's where we're at now. Three games into the season, we've already hit the panic button, some of us, and this is kind of proving our point. This is why we wanted to trade the third pick and the seventh pick a year ago. Yeah, because all this stuff's a crapshoot, man. All right, we'll put a bow on a Monday. We've got some poll questions to answer. Wrap it up next on The Fam. Well, it happens on Mondays. Monday shows, I love them. They're also overwhelming. Yeah. We did not talk any NFL on the show today, so there will be a lot of NFL on the show tomorrow. Well, we didn't talk other college football either. Oklahoma lost to Kansas. 
you know, I kind of circled that game as a bit of a trappy game. and First big upset in a while. I mean, we've been waiting. Wisconsin was close. They were sniffing, but didn't have enough offense to do it God, against boring, Ohio State. Boring-ass game that was. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, Pittsburgh's coach threw his team under the bus, and NC yeah. State's coach called out Steve Smith, who called NC State a basketball school. He did. I love it. Uh, well, I'd argue, Dave Dorn, you would have no balls to do that in Steve Smith's face because Steve Smith is a psycho. Yeah, he'll mess you up. He is absolutely psychotic and doesn't care. And... We didn't even get to play Dan Lanning, who is, uh, you know, choosing to talk in the postgame about gun violence in America. I love it, dude. He said it was an important issue for his players, and he wanted to speak up on their behalf. They told him it was their most important issue. I love it, man. My own, I, I love it, too. I, I wish more people would talk publicly about how we're feeling. That incident happened last week, and we didn't, we just, we, we largely try to stay away from some of these things as an escape for people. Mm-hmm. But admittedly tell you, it's it's hard, man. Some days I, I'm real conflicted. I feel like we should be spending segments on some of this stuff. But you know how this business is and certain things go. But Dan Lanning choosing to do that is uh, it's certainly a choice by him. Uh, I don't think he said anything remotely political or controversial. If you're offended by what he said, look in the mirror. <laughs> You're a snowflake. Yeah. I mean, point blank, you're a snowflake. Uh, whatever that means to people, that's Just what that saying, would like, be. Can we do something? Anything. I mean, anything. Yeah. Anything. Anything. That's all he said. And that and was I my like my only tiny, tiny minor uh, pushback was like, Dan, I love what you're saying. We've been saying this for like eight years, and these idiots will do nothing about it. No, they will not. Uh, we also didn't talk about the World Series. Game three tonight. Yes, the Diamondbacks 4-0 in the playoffs when Brandon Fott starts. Ooh. He is on the mound opposite Max Scherzer tonight. Good. A little stat nugget right there. Uh, hot take. I feel like the D-backs should be up 2-0. They should. I they feel like blew they've it. played the Rangers. Paul Sewell blew it yeah, in the ninth the inning. residue showed up. <laughs> well, I mean, that, 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 that guy is pretty good. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Seager's Corey, pretty, Seager's good, pretty good. Yeah. Garcia's pretty good. That was a really good game one, man. That was, was an awesome World Series game. Great game one. Game, game two, two I, didn't, I watched... 10 minutes of that Well, game. I think for the Diamondbacks, it was important for them to bounce back totally. and not let that affect them. It's like, okay, now we're going to get a series. You worried, man, if they were still thinking oh, about that and it's 2-0 yeah. and now what happens. So, uh, yeah, should be pretty interesting tonight. Game three. Are Lasers we all, at Toronto, 430. Hammer the, hammer the Raptors. Are we all Roarer Boys tonight? Are you roaring with yes. me? I'm roaring. My last yes. ranking I'm line roaring. pick. First home Monday night game since 2018 yes. for them. They're fired up, dude. Jimmy G's back. Let's go. To, yeah, that, that makes me even more confident in Lions minus eight or whatever the hell the line Roar, was. Roar, boys. Let's go. There you go. Good little show. If you miss it, uh, go check the podcast, the Service Patriots podcast, 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Sprague and at 1080thefan. You can also find it on YouTube. Sprague's wearing a clown mask. He's going to dress up again tomorrow for Halloween. Thanks so much for being a part of our Monday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. Listening to 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.